come here tonight with two things that have been stirred in my spirit for a long time. I come here tonight with the first thing that just keeps on stirring in my spirit, that there is more. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, there is more. There is more. I remember. I'm just going to go down just a little memory lane for you just for her just a moment. I know there's more. Okay. So there's a fir- the first thing that's stirring inside of me is that I know there's more. I know what God has done to me. I know the presence of the Lord that's rested on me. I remember getting prayer at one service around like 10 o'clock, and, 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 and it was 3 o'clock in the morning, and I'm still laying in the glory. <laughs> Did you hear me? I'm still laying in the glory. I'm still laying out in the presence, Benny. It just it came down on you, amen, and it rested on you, amen, and, you, and, and, and I wasn't sleeping. I heard everything that was going on around me. But when you get into the glory, everybody say the glory. glory. And you get into that river, everybody say the river. river. Everything just melts away. Life in the norm is gone. Amen. And I remember I was laying on the floor and and I didn't know what time it was, but I was there till like three o'clock in the morning. And just in the glory, because I know there's more. Everybody say there's more. I've been there, I've been there where me and my wife walked out of a service where the glory was so strong and, 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 and we were kind of like, just kind of like teasing one another. And right in the middle of the street, my wife went down in the glory. <laughs> right in the middle of the street, right on the yellow lines, amen. And I'm looking at her and I said, you really need to get up. There's traffic going on both sides of us. And she said, I can't get up. And so I tried to reach down there and help her to get up and I couldn't get her up. Amen. So a couple of the ushers from the church come out and they said, well, we see what's going on. You go ahead and get your van and we'll, and, and, and we'll stand there. So they put them orange cones around my wife so that nobody could hit her while traffic, was, I mean, traffic was going both ways and my wife was laid out in the glory, just laid out in the glory. Amen. Everybody said there's more. I know there's more because of what I've been a part of and what I have felt and what I have experienced, amen? I do remember another time just standing on the sidewalk, just waiting to get into a service. I mean, I mean, long for the day when you see people lining up to get into a service. I was in a line at 5 o'clock in the morning. Amen, 5 o'clock in the morning, getting into a church service that didn't start till 6 o'clock that night. And you're standing on the sidewalk, and the glory of God is just everywhere. You hear me? The glory of God is just everywhere. Um, and all of a sudden, the glory of God starts moving upon you, and you're just standing there, and all of a sudden, you just laid out into, on, on the sidewalk. You're just laying out in the glory on the sidewalk. I remember coming out of church service, and all of a sudden, you start hearing this, oh, oh, you're thinking, oh, what in the world's going on? And the power of God hit some people, and they flew over the bushes, and they between the bushes and the church, and the glory of God's on them. I thought, dear God, you know, everybody say there's more. So I come with a stirring inside of me that there's more because I know there's more, amen? I have experience, and once you've been, I'm telling you right now, once we have been touched by the glory, you are ruined for anything else, amen? I do not understand how people can go back to just normal once you've been touched with that, amen? I do not understand that, amen? You understand what I'm talking about? But I also come here tonight with another stirring inside of me. 
another stirring inside of me that says, God, there has to be more. Amen. There just has to be more than what we're experiencing right now. There just has to be more of you than, than what we have going on right now. I've been coming to the conclusion in the last couple of months just because of what God's been doing inside of me, even with everything that I have experienced and, 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 and everything that's been that God has done in my life, I come to the conclusion that I am not there yet. Amen. I'm going to say that again. I am not there yet. In my quiet times, I've been sitting there with the presence of the Lord, with the Holy Spirit moving upon me, and I'm, I'm sitting there going, I am just not there yet. Amen. Why? Because I know there's more. And there's a cry inside of me for more. Amen. You, I get up every day with this cry for more. I know there's more because of what I've experienced, but on the other side of the coin, I'm sitting there going, God, there has to be more. Amen. How many understand what I'm talking about? You remember the man at the gate? Beautiful. He was laid there daily just so that they can take care of his needs. But I imagine every day that he was laying there, he probably or sitting there, you know, going in, that he was probably sitting there going, there has to be more than just me sitting here. There has to be more in life than just me sitting here and getting, you know, donations for me to exist another day. I imagine there was a stirring going on inside of him before Peter and John showed up that day. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, there's more. And I believe with him sitting there, he's seen people walking in and out of the temple you know, and they were walking. Everybody say walking. And he wasn't able to walk, and they were walking in now the temple. And, and, and they were enjoying life. He had to be carried there. Amen? And I imagine there was a cry coming up inside of him that says there has to be more than just me sitting here. I, I, I was put on this earth for more than just me sitting here in this crippled condition. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And then all of a sudden, God stops by him. Hallelujah. Woo! Hallelujah. Did you hear me? God stops. Dear God, we ask that you stop here tonight. Dear God, we ask that you stop here tonight. That your glory just stops right here. Spirit of God, that you just stop right here. And that you will touch the ones of us that has a cry down inside of us. That there has to be more. Nothing in this world satisfies. And God stopped, amen. And God reached down to him and said, there is more than just you sitting here watching the world go by, amen. God wants you to get up and be a part of what he's doing, amen. Hallelujah. And God reached down and touched that man. Woo! And immediately he jumped up. Hallelujah. Wow, wow, wow. I'm just like you. I'm longing for this generation to immediately jump up. Amen. I'm longing for this generation to get hit by the power of God. Amen. That causes them to raise up and jump up and start leaping and start dancing. Amen. Hallelujah. Woo! Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. When you've been touched by the glory, you're ruined for everything else. But also when you've been touched by the glory, you go around all day long longing for more, amen? Longing for more. Listen to me. There's so much more. And I'm a firm believer that God wants to give us more. In fact, I believe he wants to give us more than what we even are really asking of him. 
Because God always wants to bless us with more of his glory and more of his presence and more of his spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I'm tired of reading about the Heberly's revival. Tired of reading about the Welch revival, the Cane Ridge revival, Azusa Street, the Brownsville. I was a part of the Brownsville. Amen. And that's all good, but I want it now. How many of you want it now? Amen. I, I don't want to go back there and just read about it. I want what happened to come right here. Amen. In fact, the first revival that started in Acts chapter 2 when the Spirit of God fell. Amen. I want what happened there to happen now. Amen. Hallelujah. There's a cry inside of me. There has to be more. And I know there's more. Habakkuk chapter 2, listen to this. I'm just going to show you. You go to Scripture, you can tell there's more but just in Scripture. I mean, you know, God always talks to, talks to us through the Word of God. Habakkuk chapter 2 said, and there's a time coming. Amen? Everybody say, there's a time coming. The prophet Habakkuk said, there's a time coming when the whole earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God. The whole earth. Everybody say, the whole earth. We're not even there. <laughs> There's just little pockets of people here and there that has the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. But, but Habakkuk said there's going to come a time, amen? And I'm believing that we are in that time, amen, where the knowledge of the glory of God's going to cover the old earth, just like the water covers the sea. That's what he said. He said, Habakkuk said, I see a day where the glory of God is going to fall over the whole globe of the earth, amen? Hallelujah. Dear God, let it be denied, Amen. Hallelujah. Let it be tonight. We go over to the prophet Haggai. The prophet Haggai in chapter 2, verse 9 says this, In the glory of the latter temple. Hallelujah. Everybody say the glory of the latter temple. How many know we are living in the last days? Not even last days. We're living in the last hours. I don't even know if we have hours, amen. I feel like we're living in the last minutes, amen. And I do believe the greatest move of God is for the last time, amen, for the last season. And the prophet Haggai said the, gl the glory of the end time is going to be greater than the glory right now. Amen. The prophet Haggai says, I see a day coming where the glory in the end time is going to far outweigh the glory that we are experiencing right now. I don't know if you read the scripture to see what the glory done back in them days. Amen. But I'm going to take you the scripture. I'm going to take you to 2 Chronicles chapter 5. Amen. I'm going to take you to it and show you what happened when the glory of God comes in the house. Amen. 2 Chronicles chapter 5, verse 13, starting verse 13, it says, And indeed it came to pass when the trumpeters and the singers were as one, everybody say one, to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. When they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and the cymbals and the instruments of music, and they praised the Lord, saying, For he is good, and his mercy endures. Now listen to this. The house, everybody say the house. The temple of God was filled with the cloud of glory. Woo! Amen. It was filled with the cloud of glory so that the priest could not keep on ministering inside the house. Wow. Listen to that. The glory of God come into the temple. The glory of God come into the house and the priest could not function anymore. I've been in the glory where I could not function anymore. <laughs> 
How many of you have been in the glory where you could not function anymore? I have been in that glory where you, I could not function. And if that is just so incredibly awesome about that, we go to 2 Chronicles chapter 7, just two chapters down, and listen to what happens in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verses 1 and 2. It says, when Solomon had finished praying. Woo! Everybody say an increase. <laughs> You got in chapter 5 of 2 Chronicles, the glory of God comes in so strong in the house, the priest can't work and can't do nothing. In 2 Chronicles chapter 7, you have it when Solomon had finished praying, fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifice. And the glory of the Lord filled the temple and the priest could not get in the house of God. Hallelujah. Man, do we need that today? I mean, no, we need all flesh to stay out there, amen? And for God's glory to fill up the... I mean, listen to me. The glory of God coming to the temple, the priests tried to go in and they couldn't get in because God's presence shoved them back out. Woo! Everybody say there's more. Hallelujah, Lord. You know, God has this idea that the church belongs to Him. Amen. I mean, understand that God has the idea the church belongs to him. It doesn't belong to us. It belongs to him. Amen. I want to take you over to Ezekiel chapter 47. <clears throat> Amen. I come here tonight. The pastor, he's been talking ever since last night. He's been taking, he must have read all my notes, must have read all my scriptures. He preached my whole message tonight. Amen. But I knew it was just confirmation of what the Lord laid on my heart. Amen. Ezekiel chapter 47, again in verse 1, we're going to talk about the, 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 the deepness of God, the river of God. Amen. This is the prophet Ezekiel said, Then he brought me back to the door of the temple, and there was water flowing from under the threshold of the temple toward the east, for the front of the temple faced east. The water was flowing under the right side of the temple, south of the altar. He brought me out by way of the north gate and led me around on the outside to the outer gateway that faces east. And there was water. Hallelujah. Everybody say a river. And there was a river running out on the right side. And when the man of God went out to the east with the line in his hand, he measured 1,000 cubits and he brought me through the waters. Listen to this progression. He measured out 1,000 cubits and he brought me through the waters and the water came up to my ankles. Hallelujah. Everybody say ankle deep. How many know ankle deep water feels good to you if you haven't had no water? Amen. How many understand what I'm talking about? If it's real hot outside and, and, and you're so hot, if you just put your feet kind of like in the water, how many know it feels refreshing? Amen. So, so here the man of God is, 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 is leading Ezekiel out through this river. Amen. And, and the first thousand cubits, it came up to his ankle. And then he measured out another thousand cubits and he brought me through the water. And the water came up to my knees. Knee deep water. Hallelujah. Woo. Hallelujah. And then again, everybody say again. You know, a lot of times we think God, you know, when, we, when we don't have anything, we think ankle deep is good and great and we want to stay there. Amen? But then all of a sudden he said, it measured out another thousand and brought me through the water and it came up to my waist. <laughs> Hallelujah. Do you see the progression here? 
Now listen to this. Again, he measured 1,000 cubits, and it was a river. Hallelujah. And it was a river that I could not cross, for the water was too deep. Water in which one must swim. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Listen to me. For years, the Spirit of God and the moving God has always been referred to a river. When I grew up in church, we used to sing the songs, there is a river. How many remember that? That flows from God above. So the, the theme, we, when I grew up in church, we used to sing the song about uh, 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 sprinkling, uh, something like it's bubbling, it's bubbling, bubbling in my soul, and, and, and it's been all about the rivers. And, and, and then every generation that comes along and God starts moving again, it's always referred to as the rivers, amen? You go to the Brownsville, it was the river of God. You go to Toronto, it was the river of God. You go to different places and it was the river of God. Why? Because God comes flowing to us in his glory with his spirit through the river, amen? But listen to me, there's ways that the river does get deeper, Amen? And you and I have to learn the ways that the river does get deeper. I'm going to talk to you about three ways that, that the river gets deeper. How many of you want to go deeper? How many of you want to feel the presence of God deeper? How many of you want to get in that river that you got to swim in? Amen? Well, the number one way that I'm going to talk to you about the natural and bring it into the supernatural. But the number one way that a river gets deeper is by more water. Everybody say, more rain. More rain. I mean, know that more rain increases the river. In fact, if there's too much rain, I mean, know that, that the river will overflow its banks. Amen. I'm, I'm longing for the day where the river of God gets so full, it overflows the bank and goes out of our church doors and just not stay inside the church doors. Amen. Come on, let's, let's don't camp around what we got here. Let's take what we got here and get it increased so it can flow out to there. Amen? It has to flow out to there. So the first thing that gets an increase in the river is more rain. That's why the prophet Zechariah in chapter 10, verse 1 says, Ask the Lord for rain. <laughs> All we got to do is start crying out for more. Amen? One of the things of the Brownsville Revival was more Lord. You went down there, they had all the T-shirts. They had all the bumper stickers. Amen? And, and you're hearing everybody just standing there going, more Lord, more Lord. I'm thinking, out, wow, okay. That, I, I mean, no, that's just a simple prayer. I mean, no, sometimes we make praying so difficult. We just make it so difficult. When you go to the prayer language, a lot of times in the Scripture, it's short to the point and God shows up. Amen? And so the prophet Zechariah says, if you want more, cry out for more. Amen? We, we, we got to cry out for more. And you got you to let that cry come out of you every day. Amen? Not just once a week. Not just once a month. Not just once a year. We got to be continually crying out to God to give us more. Amen. To cry out for more of the reign of the Spirit, for more of the reign of God's presence. Amen. And then he says, if you will cry out to me, I'll give it back to you. Amen. It says in Zechariah chapter 10, verse 1, it says, ask the Lord for rain in the time of the latter rain. I mean, over in the latter days. 
And then the prophet in the same verse says, and God will do this. He will make flashing clouds and bring the rain down for you. Amen. Hallelujah. The number one way that the, the river gets increased deeper is by rain coming down from above. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And then listen to me. When it comes to crying out for the rain and praying for the rain, you keep on doing it. And you keep on doing it until you start seeing the heavens open. Amen. The prophet Isaiah stood there one day and said, Oh, God, just rend the heavens. We need you to rend the heavens. We need you to split through the brassness of the heavens. And we need you to rain down your glory. <laughs> Amen. We have Elisha, or Elijah, stopped up the heavens with a prayer, opened up the heavens with a prayer. He didn't stop on the first time. Amen? Read the scripture. He didn't stop. He prayed once, and, 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 and the servant come back. There's nothing going on. You know, a lot of times we pray for a while, and nothing's going on. It's kind of like we might as well just go home and just forget about it. No, he stayed there. Listen to me. You got to stay there. You got to stay in that position of crying out for more. You got to stay there and keep on crying out for more. He, he stayed in position of prayer, crying out, God, it's time for the rain to start falling again. Amen. And, and so he prayed again and he sent his servant a second time. The servant comes back and goes, there's nothing there. Dear God, give us the tenacity to hang on until something shows up. Amen. Hallelujah. Dear God, give us the tenacity to not let go of what you have promised us, amen. Give us the tenacity to hang on, amen, until what we are asking for comes down from the heavens. A third time his servant went, nothing. A fourth time his servant went, five, six, seven. All of a sudden on the seventh time, his servant comes back and said, hey, I see a cloud. Hallelujah. Woo! Hallelujah. Mmm. Hallelujah. I mean, know that we, you, you and I need to be around people that has vision. Amen. That can see. You know, his, his, his servant said, I see that the heavens split open. It's just a small cloud. And Elijah goes, oh, behind that small cloud is an abundance of rain. He told his servants, you need to go tell Ahab, get, to, get home because the rain's going to hit and you won't be able to get home. Amen. You remember what they said? Tell tell Ahab, get on that chariot because, I mean, you know, when the rain comes down, the chariot wheels is not going to be going through that. You understand what I'm talking about? So we got to cry out for more rain. Amen. You got to do it every day. Every day you need to get out and say, God, I want more. God, I need more. God, I have to have more. Amen. Nothing in this world satisfies anymore. All I want is you. Amen. Hallelujah. The second way that the river gets deeper is by more rivers. Amen. The mighty Mississippi. What makes the mighty Mississippi so mighty is because 11 other rivers flow into that river. Amen. How I many you know the mighty Mississippi? It's the mighty Mississippi. We call it the mighty Mississippi. And, and, and what makes it so mighty and what makes it so Wide and what makes it so deep is because there's 11 other rivers flowing into it. Listen to me, church. You need to be a river. I need to be a river. 
You understand what I'm talking about? On, 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 on the, here's some of the rivers. On, on the left side, you have the Wisconsin, you have the Rock, you have the Illinois, and you have the Ohio River and a couple other rivers. On the right side, you have the Minnesota River, the Des Moines River, the Missouri River, the White River, and the Arkansas River. There's multiple rivers running into one river that makes the one river increase and powerful. Amen? Listen to me. You and I need to be a river. Amen. You need to do what you can do to become a river. Amen. You sit there and go, what are you talking about, Brother Ralph? Well, in John chapter 7, beginning in verse 37, on the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood up and cried out, saying, if anyone thirst, amen, in order for you to get really thirsty, you got to stop getting entertained by the stuff of the world. Amen. You got to get a spiritual thirst. But Jesus, on the final day, he stood up and said, Hey, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. And he who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers. Everybody say rivers. You and I need to be rivers. Amen. And then, then the scripture goes on and said, This was concerning the Holy Spirit, which had not been loosed yet. But how many know the Holy Spirit has been loosed now? Amen. So you and I need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. And, and we need to have them rivers flowing out of us every day. Listen to me. It's not a one-time event. Don't talk to me about, well, I was filled with the Holy Spirit back 20 years ago. No, you and I need to be being filled every single day, amen? We need fresh rivers to flow out of us every single day. You need to be a river. I need to be a river. The more that we get people baptized in the Holy Spirit, it increases the river. Amen? Because more rivers increase the river. Listen to me, the Holy Spirit is one of, the, one of the most important things that you and I need besides salvation. Amen. I grew up in the church as a young boy. It was a revival church. I'm telling you, it was a revival church. We have evangelists come in and for a week or two, and all of a sudden it's four weeks. All of a sudden it's six weeks. All of a sudden it's eight weeks. He has to call the next church and say, I won't be able to be there because I'm stuck here. Amen. And so, so listen to me. I was a little boy growing up in this. And, and, and so we, and we would go hours into the night. We wouldn't get home till like midnight. You understand what I'm talking about? And, and, and we had to get up and go to church the next day. I mean, school the next day. They, and listen, my parents, they thought God was more important than anything in the world. You know, they want to make sure that their son was going to heaven and not going to go get a scholarship somewhere. Amen. And so with the church that we grew up in, once you got saved, they, oh, you didn't leave the altar just because you got saved. You know, they didn't get up and patty cake and said, hey, you got saved, hallelujah. They said, no, 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 we're going to pray you through to the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We're going to keep you here until it happens to you, amen? That's the church I grew up in. Now listen to me. I am sad to say this, but I was a little boy too. And all my friends were out playing outside. There were a couple times I did fake tongues. Amen? Because I wanted to go outside. My flesh heard them outside playing. And I knew all my friends was out there doing. I knew sister so-and-so, she wasn't going to let go of me till I said something. I mean, there's something I'm talking about. If you didn't grow up in anything like that, I did. You got them lady in prayer. I'll tell you right now. Man, the church that I grew up, they had prayer all the time. And it scared me. I have to tell you, that scared you. I mean, they, they, they're being there moaning and groaning and just going, I'm going, dear God. 
what in the world is going on? But how many know we need that back in the earth? Amen. Because through their prayers, people were being saved, healed, filled, delivered, amen, through their prayers. So you and I need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, amen, so we can have rivers flowing out of us, amen. The Holy Spirit isn't for just back then. He's for right now, amen. And, 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 and don't talk to me about when you were filled. Talk to me about how you were filled today, amen, hallelujah. And talk to me tomorrow about how you were filled tomorrow, amen, because we need to be keep on being filled every single day with the river from heaven, amen, hallelujah. More rivers, Amen. The third way, and probably one of the most difficult ways to increase the river is, I remember, you know, traveling with John Davis. He's my spiritual father. And so we were traveling over to, through Kansas to go down to Oklahoma to minister weekly. And so it, it, was, going, it was going through a, a, a summer of drought. And so I was, I was driving through Kansas, and, and before the drought started, a lot of the ponds looked really good. And, uh, but then as the, the drought got going on, I mean, the water level goes down. And then all of a sudden, I've seen that some of the ponds were really drying up real quick. And the Lord says, I need you to look at that while you go by that. And so I was looking for it, and the Lord goes, the reason why some of these ponds are drying up quicker than others is because the farmer didn't dredge them out. You know, you have to dig that out. Amen. I go, wow, Lord, and I understand that concept. Amen. I wasn't brought up on the farm. I, I lived in there with farms, and, and you have farmers that took the time. Everybody say, take the time. Because how I many know it takes time to dredge out something? How I many know when there's plenty of rain, you're not worried about it? Amen. When there's plenty of rain, we're not worried about the dredging of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Amen. Because we're getting the blessing of the Holy Spirit. But another way that the river gets increased is when we allow the presence of God and the Spirit of God to come and dredge us out. Amen? And, and I tell you right now, nobody likes the dredging. <laughs> but listen to me, it is most necessary. Amen? That you and I get dredged out of everything inside of us that should not be there. I don't care how long you've been serving the Lord, there's something in there that should not be in there. Amen? Because the last time I looked, none of us have arrived yet, amen? I mean, no, we're all on a journey. So we need, we need God to dredge us out. One of the workings of the Holy Spirit, in fact, one of the first workings of the Holy Spirit is that it says that he will come and convict us. Dear God, we need conviction back in the house, amen? Amen. We, I mean, no, we need conviction back in the house, we need people to come in and if they're doing something wrong that they shouldn't be doing, they need to be convicted of it, amen? Not condemned, but convicted of it. Amen? They need to come in and hear a message says, that has to go. It's amazing the stuff that I had to repent of that people nowadays can do it. Amen? I remember the day that I got saved. I wasn't in church. I grew up in church, walked away from the Lord. I remember waking up somewhere. I don't know where that somewhere was. I still don't know where that somewhere was. I was just somewhere in a bedroom. I remember waking up. I remember sitting up on the side of the bed after partying and just sitting on the side of the bed looking out the window. I'm going, dear God, there has to be something in this. That's what I said. I said, I didn't say, dear God. I just go, there has to be something better than this. 
And all of a sudden, I heard a voice. And the voice said, there is something better than this. And it's me. And my name is Jesus. I'm telling you, I was so overcome. I thought, dear God, yeah, that's right. I left. What I should never have left. Amen? I'm telling you, right in that room, I got down on my hands and knees. And I cried out to God. I repented over stuff that now people said I could do. But I knew back then and there I couldn't do that. And I said, God, get that out of me. I don't want that to be a part of me. And God so radically came in and changed my life that day. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I, had, I was dating my wife, so we wasn't married. And so I was a long-haired hippie. You know, and I wasn't a pleasant guy, to be quite honest, before I got saved. If, if, you, if you knew me before I got saved, you wouldn't like me either. <clears throat> and so I remember I had a caller. Back in them days, you had to go look for a payphone. Okay, this is back in 79, somewhere around there. She had to go look for a payphone. So I would look for a payphone pay and make sure I got a dime. <clears throat> and so I called up the woman I was dating that later would become my wife. And uh, I called her up. And, and so, you know... I was brought up in church, so I knew, listen to me. I said, I got to be willing to let her go if she doesn't want to become a believer. Amen. Because you're not going to save the people. <laughs> if God can't get a hold of them yet, you're just going to have to let them go. I was prepared to do that. That was going through my mind. Because I, all of a sudden, Jesus come back into my life. And I mean, you know, when Jesus comes back in your life, that's all you need. I mean, you understand that. That's just all you need. And so I remember I, I, I got to, to a pay phone, and I called her, and she answered the phone. And I said, hey, how you doing? And I, that's all I said. And she goes, what happened to you? I said, what do you mean what happened to me? I, I didn't even get saved. She goes, what happened to you? I said, what are you talking about? She said, I can hear it in your voice. There's something different about you. So then I thought, okay, so I took a big gulp because I'm going to tell her. And if she doesn't want this Jesus, i got to say bye-bye to her. Amen? And so I told her just the story I told you. I told her everything just like I told you, and she said this. I have to get off the phone. I thought, dear God, I am going to have to let her go. <laughs> I mean, no, sometimes you know you need to do stuff, but you're hoping you don't have to do it. And then I go, wait. <laughs> I mean, I'm talking about I said, wait, why do you got to get off so quick? I just called you. Now, my wife knew how I was. We wasn't married yet, so we was dating. But she knew how I was. And this is what she said. She said, if Jesus can do that for you, I'm going to go into my bedroom and ask him into my heart. Woo! Hallelujah! So me and my wife-to-be got gloriously saved on the same day. We wasn't even in a church house, Amen. And you want to know what shocked me? What shocked me was Jesus was there where I was at. I didn't think he was out there when I was doing that stuff. That shocked me. I mean, you understand what I'm talking about? I thought, you're here with me? I hope you didn't see what I did. I mean, that's what we do. Was you here just a few hours ago? I mean, you understand what I'm talking about? Did you just show up now? Because if you were here a few hours ago, amen. But everybody say dredging. We got to be dredged. And we got to allow the Spirit of God to dredge us daily. Because I'm telling you right, right now, we live in a world that's wicked and evil. 
Okay, that is always wanting to influence us, amen? We got an enemy out there called the devil that wants to influence us all the time. And then you got the most deadly thing out there called religion. And religion wants to influence us all the time, amen? I mean, we're fighting all them things. And then the last and the biggest evil law is just our flesh. <laughs> I mean, no, the biggest enemy, the enemy that we have is the person who we look at in the mirror. The number one enemy is, is who, who we are. And we need to be dredged out of that. Ourselves need to be dredged out. I mean, listen to me. Here's one thing that we need to be dredged out of daily is, is just ourselves. Everybody say me. You know, a lot of language that we use a lot of time is me, myself, and I. Amen. We are so focused on us all the time. That's why John the Baptist all of a sudden realized, hey, I got I to decrease, man. I got to decrease so this man Jesus can increase. And listen, you and I have to decrease so that the man Jesus can increase inside of us. Amen. You understand what I'm talking about? We got to get rid of us. Amen. We got to break up with ourselves. Amen. I think it was Leonard Ravenhill was in a prayer time and he said, Dear God, I wish all of us would go tonight to your own funerals. Amen. And die to ourselves and give up on ourselves and get rid of ourselves. Amen. Because I'm telling you right now, if you're full of yourself, you get a little glory. Amen. So we got to have our Selves to be dredged out, amen? We got to lose sight of ourselves. Listen to me. God didn't put you on this earth just to enjoy earth for yourself. God put you on this earth so you can do what Jesus did, the Father's business. How many know we still need to be going about doing the Father's business? And the Father's business is saving souls, amen? Winning the lost, amen? The Father's business is furthering the kingdom of God. But so many people in the church are just so focused on self. Their whole world is about self. They don't even have a thought of God a lot of times except for when they get in trouble in their own life. Amen. How many understand what I'm talking about? We got to be dredged out of our self. Amen. We got to be dredged out of our flesh. Everybody say the flesh. I don't know about you, but my flesh has shocked me when I'm a believer. It's amazing my flesh didn't shock me too much before I was a believer. <laughs> but I mean, no, when you know the truth and all of a sudden your flesh rises up and it's like, wow, how did that happen? Amen. I mean, that's what I'm talking about. I had my old self come back only one time. I was fed up. Have you ever been fed up on a situation? Amen. Again, I'm the only honest one here. Have you ever been fed up on a situation? I was fed up on a situation. Trust me. You're going to see how fed up I was on a situation. Okay, I was fed up. I come out off the, off the back porch, and I'm a pastor now, too. Just I'm not a Christian, but I'm a pastor. I come through the back door, and I toss the phone to my wife. I say, call 911. I'm going, I'm tired of this. And her eyes got big because she's seen the old Ralph come back. You know, I say, go ahead and call 911 because I'm going to be standing. I was on my way to whoop someone. Amen. You understand what I'm talking about? I was on my way to beat someone up. And my wife saw it, and I told her a third time, call 911. For some reason, I thought I needed to go change my clothes to beat someone up. I did. I said, I'm going to go up and change my clothes. I'm going my way to beat this person up because I've had enough of this. Amen. 
And my wife is just standing there with these big eyes because she's seen the old Ralph, you know, kind of resurrect itself up. Amen. So I get up in my bedroom and I close the door. Thank God that God is everywhere. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. I close that door and instantly when I close the door, the voice of the father said, son, we do not act like this. I hung my head and I said, you're right. We do not act. And in a moment's time, that rage and anger left me. I come walking back down to my wife didn't call 911. I come walking back down. I said, you don't have to call 911. I said, everything's okay. I'm not going to do it. She said, good. You had me worried. I was interceding for you because you had me worried. But how many know your flesh can rise up just like that? How many know you can feel so sanctified and so holy and so free, and all of a sudden, in a moment's time, I was on my way to beat someone up. Amen. And do it in the name of Jesus. <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm talking about. Come on, we all, we all have it. We all have times in our life where we want Jesus to close his eyes, cover his ears, turn away. I'll take care of this situation. I mean, no, there's times we think we can take better, better care of it. God, if you just shut the heavens up, turn your eyes and everything, just give me five seconds, and then you can come back and everything will be over. Amen. And I was planning on praying over him. <laughs> okay. After I did what I needed to do. <laughs> At least I thought I might. Or maybe I'm just trying to make it sound good somehow. <laughs> but everybody say the flesh. Amen. And so, so we have a flesh that we live with. And, and, and we know that the scripture says our flesh is crucified. But I'm telling you right now, that thing can resurrect itself up quicker than anything. Amen? So another thing that we need to be dredged out of and be dredged out continually is our flesh because I'm telling you right now, things can resurrect our flesh up just real easy. So we need our flesh to be dredged out. Amen? And another thing that we need to be uh, dredged out is sin, just plain sin, and not this popular stuff that goes around that anything goes. Amen? The last time I read in the Bible, God calls a sin. It's still sin. We live in a day where everything's an issue. And that's why people are living in church bound up, just like you said last night. Living in church bound up because it's just an issue. No, God said it was a sin. And you take that sin to the cross. And you allow the cross to break the power of that sin out of you, amen? And to get it out of you, amen? So we need sin to be driven out of us, amen? We need to be confronted when we are acting sinfully, amen? By the Spirit of the living God. Woo, hallelujah. Just some things that we need to be dredging. Dredging is the hardest of these. Amen. It's real easy just to cry out for more rain. Amen. It's real easy, to, in fact, to be baptized in the Holy Spirit and be filled every day. But boy, it's hard to go through the dredging process. Because you want to know what? That will never end until we leave this earth. It won't. Amen. Let me talk about one more thing, and I'm going to move on. I'm going to close this up. Unforgiveness. Everybody say unforgiveness. Amen. Unforgiveness is what we need to be dredged out. And I don't know of any believer, I don't know of any believer that has never wrestled with unforgiveness. Because how many know we've all been done wrong? 
Come on, a lot of church services is just a bunch of stories of the monies instead of testimonies. And then we get around, and we, I mean, you know, we all got our somebody done somebody wrong song. Amen. And so we want to we wanna magnify our somebody done somebody wrong song over this person somebody done. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. And so unforgiveness, everybody say unforgiveness. Unforgiveness gets into our hearts, and sometimes it comes into our hearts over the smallest things. It's usually not great big things, even though there are great big things that do happen to people that opens the door to unforgiveness, amen? But listen to me. Jesus said, in, I think in, in the Scripture, he says, you got, listen, you got to understand that it's impossible that, uh, that no offense is going to come towards you. But you got to be able to handle that offense when it comes towards you. Because the door that opens up unforgiveness is being offended. We live in a society where people are offended over everything. You know, you're doing the speed limit. They don't like that. I mean, no, they don't like it. You're, I'm going to say that again. You're doing the speed limit. <laughs> Amen. We got them up in Kansas City. I know you got them down here. They don't even, they don't like you doing the speed limit. You understand what I'm talking about? So they come zooming by you. And then they come zooming by you and, and they give you the picture of that bird, if you know what I'm talking about. You know what I did one time? A flesh rose up. Amen. They come flying by me and they gave me the bird. Everybody say the bird. But you know what I did? I went. It was just a finger, guys. This finger here. It was just this finger here. It wasn't the bird. It was this finger here, okay? I thought, dear God, I'm doing the speed limit. Amen. But we live in a day where people just get so offended. You know just as well I know it. It's too cold in here. Oh, no, no. You got one side, it's too cold in here. And then you got the other side, it's too hot in here. And then you got one side, it's too loud. Some of you are going, Brother Ralph, you speak really loud. <laughs> Some of you are going, Oh, it's so good, keep on speaking louder. But you got, you know, I mean, you got people, Oh, it's too loud to worship, too loud. And I grew up in the rock and roll area. I was a long haired hippie. Amen. I, I was way out there. You know, I, I, I listened to the baddest of the baddest out there. Amen. It was really funny because my wife, she come out of the disco arena. I'm a long-haired hippie. I'm listening to Black Sabbath. I'm listening to Mata Hoople. I'm, using, I'm listening to Raya Heap. Okay, I, I knew Ted Nugent before he was Ted Nugent because he was Ted Nugent in the Ambroy Dukes before he had just dropped Ambroy Dukes and become Ted Nugent. Amen. And my wife come out of the, you know, she it was all about the Bee Gees. KC and the Sunshine Band. And I may know you do anything for love. <laughs> Amen. I'm a long-haired hippie. So when she's in the car, guess where it goes? On the radio. It goes to the... Be I hated that. I, I'll be honest with you. I hated it. But she enjoyed it. So you, I may know you do anything for love. So my wife says, I want you to take disco lessons with me. I thought, I thought, did you forget what I look like? I'm this long-haired hippie, okay? 
And I got an image I got to keep. I mean, no, you get out there, you got to keep your image. Because I'm a long-haired hippie, and you want me to take disco lessons with you. And she, you know, I mean, you know, they put on that charm, and come on, would you do it? So I thought, okay, maybe it'd be safe because it won't be in my area where all my guys hang out. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. It's clear across town. I thought, okay, I'll go do this. And she goes, okay, now listen to me. Before you do this, you got to get certain clothing. <laughs> I thought I got blue jeans and a T-shirt. This is what I wear. She goes, no, you can't wear that to class. You know, we got to have certain. I said, well, what are you talking about? And so I had to get a silk shirt. And I'm saying a flower silk shirt. The only flowers I'm used to is, if you understand what I'm talking about, when you're out in the world. You know. And so, you know, and I'm saying, so you want me to wear this? She goes, yeah. And then, then come the pants. I thought, dear God. Only for love. I mean, what I'm talking about. So I got these tight pants that comes a bell bottom. And I thought, I hope none of my guys see me like this. I'm a long-haired hippie. Okay. Then come the shocker of all shockers. The shocker of all shockers. She said, we got to go get you a different pair of shoes. They were platforms. I didn't know how ladies walked around on high heels alone. Now I got to walk around on platforms that made platforms that made me like three inches taller. And I'm sitting there walking in like this, <laughs> not being I couldn't even hardly walk on that. And now I'm supposed to learn how to dance. And I'm telling you, everybody in that class, the teacher was more shocked than I was when they saw this long-haired hippie. They knew you're only in here for love, dude. You're not here to. I said, you're right, so don't really teach me, okay? <laughs> Let's just flow with this. Amen? Everybody say unforgiveness. Offense. We've got to watch ourselves from that because the flesh can come up anytime. Amen? It can just come up anytime. It can just rise up anytime. Have you ever been somewhere and all of a sudden you heard an old song come back up? And I mean, no, before too long, it's just running through your head. And then all of a sudden, you can start singing everything to it. Amen. Then you got to sit there and go, oh, get that out of my flesh. <laughs> but offense, everybody say offense. We got to get this spirit of offense out of us. And the Lord spoke to me the other day. I think a lot of times what happens to a lot of us is that that offense comes inside of us when we're young, when we're kids growing up. Amen. And we learn to live with it. But it keeps on growing and festering inside of us. And once you open the door to unforgiveness, you can become a mean person to everyone. And not, not knowing, why am I mean toward this person? They never done that because you have an offended unforgiveness in your heart. Amen. I mean, you know, the scripture does say, if you want me to forgive you, I need you to forgive So we need to be dredged out. None of us are perfect. Listen to me. I go to the Lord every day, you know, and I cry out for Him to dredge me out every day because I'm a more of the Lord. Amen. 
The last thing that we need to do, you and I need to do for the river to increase is that you and I, if you do not have one, you need to have a quiet time every day. You need to have a time where you go to the Lord just with you and you. Amen. And spend time with him. A lot of people, a lot of believers live a life by just going from church service to church service. Amen. But you need a quiet time. You need a time every day to go into the closet, to spend time with God. Commune with Him. Amen. Become one with Him. You know, go in human and come out superhuman with the glory of God on you. You know, like Clark Clint and, and, and Superman. You go in there like a human that's, you, can't, you know you can't do nothing, and you come out feeling like you can take on the whole world, amen, and feel like you can do something for God today. The reason why a lot of people don't feel like they can do anything for God today because they haven't gone into the closet. To be changed. How many know we need to be changed? So you you got you gotta have you gotta have a hunger for the Lord, amen. You gotta have a hunger for the Lord. Let me just close with Psalm chapter 46. There is a river. Amen. Everybody say there is a river. There is a river, and it does make glad the city of God. Woo! Hallelujah. Hey, I tell you right now, I love getting drunk in this river than when I got drunk out in that river. Because <laughs> this river don't cost me anything. Out there, it costs me everything. I mean, you understand what I'm talking about? That river out there, when you get drunk on that river, you find yourself doing stuff you would never do. You know, I still have a hard time sometimes cleaning the toilet. You know, my wife went to heaven seven years ago, so now I really got to clean the toilet. But back in there, when you got drunk back in that river, how many know you found yourself hugging the toilet at times? Am I the only one? How many know sometimes that stuff is going to come up? And I tell you that that toilet bowl feels kind of cool. You know, just cold. You know, you're laying your head up against, oh, this feels good. While you're up chucking everything. You know, how many understand what I'm talking about? At least I did, okay? But then when you come, when you come up being sober, you find yourself laying next to the toilet, kind of, don't tell me. I just, just. Amen. But this river, everybody say this river. This river don't cost nothing, but yet it costs everything. It doesn't cost nothing material-wise, no money, but it costs you your very life. Amen. Listen to me. God wants to use each and every one of us. Amen. God wants to use each and every one of us in this end time, but it's going to cost you everything to have God inside of you the way that you need him inside of you so you can be used in this end time. Amen. Just like you said, God's raising up an army. Listen, God's not looking. This last, this last wave of God that's going to usher in the soon coming of Jesus Christ is going to be ushered in by a bunch of nobodies. Because we know we're nobody. And we're not looking to become somebody. We're just looking for him to become somebody. Down here, amen. We're not looking for a position. We're looking for him to come and take his position, amen. Hallelujah. We're not going around trying to drum up anything. We're wanting him to come down and just do what he wants to do, amen. Hallelujah. 
How many of you want to be a part of the army of God? Amen. How many of you want to be a part of this end time thing? Amen. You got to get off of the, the, the thought that I'm going to be the next big whoo. You got to learn to lay low. The lower you go, the more God's going to use you. Amen. You and I got to get so out of the way and become so humble. My two spiritual fathers, and I thank God for it. I don't know how it happened. I don't know how it happened. Trust me, I do not know how it happened. But God blessed me to have two incredible spiritual fathers. One will be here tomorrow night, John Davis. My other spiritual father is Pastor Kilpatrick. They know me, I, I, you know, I, I, I do everything for them. I carry their attache cases everywhere. I work with Nathan Morris and, 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 and run the floor at, at several of his healing services with thousands of people there and, and running the floor, and I love doing that. I work with Mario Murillo a few times and, and running the floor for him and, and getting stuff, and I love doing that. And they all know I love doing it because I'm not looking for a position, you know. You understand what I'm talking about? And so they're always encouraged me because I said, I can just do this the rest of my life. And they go, yeah, but you're not going to be doing this for us for the rest of your life because God's going to use you. Amen? And so I don't let that go to my head. You know, I, I really just let it humble me. I go, dear God, I don't know how you can use me. I mean, you understand what I'm talking about? I don't know why you would use me. I'm not chasing after anything but him. This last time move of God is a bunch of people chasing after him to get him to show up, amen? And then we all just dance around in the glory, amen? And then we all just get in the river, amen? And then you're laying hands on, just like you said last night, we need to be laying hands on people outside the church. Steve Hill of the great Brownsville Revival, three months into that Brownsville Revival, he was ready to leave. He said, I don't mind the church getting blessed. But he said, my heart's in the harvest. We need to harvest. And so the, uh, according to, as I remember the story, Pastor Kilpatrick said, well, wait a minute. Let's just go out and encourage people to go after the harvest. So they went out that night and they just encouraged the people, hey, it's time to take what God has done to you out and start sharing it with someone. And then when the body of Christ down there at Brownsville started doing that, guess what? I'm telling you, that's when... The whole world opened to the Brownsville Revival. That's where you had them coming from all over the nation because they were taking what they had and giving it to others. Amen? Stand with me if you would. Hallelujah. Isn't God good? If you can just turn some music on, hallelujah. 